0: And welcome to x with me Andy McCarroll. This week I asked you to give me your favourite Irish movies and we got an overwhelming response. A couple of big names that didn't make the list, which I was surprised at. The Irish, we've always had this reputation as storytellers and the big screen has just provided us with another medium to tell this. Going through the list, what stands out for me is there really isn't such a thing as an Irish film, there's a great degree of variance to all of them. It used to be, okay, only Roddy Doll type movies or depressing Tora laura laura movies. You can kind of still see some remnants of that on TV, like after Love, Hate, all we got was crime and drug dealer ones and you can see now kind of the, the biggest Irish show at the moment is Kins. that's still kind of true. So what I'm going to do is going to go through some of the suggestions and give my thoughts on them and, and who recommended them to me in the first place. So the first one we have on the list here is I Went Down, which was recommended by Kieran Flanagan and Neil Curran fantastic film uh and as neil rightly points out almost impossible to get um if you have a vpn it's actually on amazon prime the american version for some reason but not the irish version peter mcdonald's peter mcdonald's one of those kind of unsung heroes of irish cinema uh he's in another great film called the stag which i think is criminally underrated brendan gleason of course is absolutely fantastic in that and there's that great you know the, the great wanking joke in that which i'm sure everyone was doing after they saw it couple of weird bits of trivia for this one now. Carly Baker, who was the UFC ring car girl, she's in this as well. I think this was her acting debut. Weird one to pop up there. I saw that in the credits. and like, it's a strange one to pop up. But for me, the weirdest bit of trivia is apparently snooker player Willie Thorne was offered the Brendan Gleason role. Now, I don't know how, how true or false that is. And I think anyone who saw his film Gatwick Gangsters with Dar player Bobby George... Uh, yeah, I think we, we definitely dodged a bullet if there was any truth to that one. The next one on our list here is The Commitments, which was recommended by Moira Walsh, Neil Murray Francis, Demetrius Jimmy Gunatic Andrea, that's a name, Richard Struthers, Penelope proud Guitar, and Chris Connor. This was the first adaptation of Roddy Dust, the fantastic The Barrytown Trilogy, which tells the story of this working class Dubliners who form a soul band. And this is the one that really ignited the Irish movie scene. Like This launched the careers of Colm Meany, Glenn Hansard, and it's the first appearance of the Cars as well. For years, there was this like proposed idea for a sequel where the, the band would reunite and they'd go to New York and start playing a bunch of gigs there, but never really came to fruition. And you, you, the, the Joey the Lips quote kind of springs to mind here. So sure, we could have been famous and made albums and stuff, but that would have been predictable. This way, it's poetry. The next one we have there on the list is In the Name of the Father, which was recommended by P.B. Ford and Artie Good. The story of Jerry Conlon and the Guild for Four who spent 15 years in prison after being wrongly convicted of a pub bombing in 1974. Bit of dramatic license taken with the story. Uh, Jerry and Giuseppe Conlon were actually in different prisons uh, for most of their sentence and never at any point shared a cell. That aside, it's the story of a relationship between a father and his estranged son and Day-Lewis and Toy are just absolutely mesmerizing. I think both them, of both them were Oscar nominated, both of them lost. Um, after his release from prison, Conlon, he kind of a few problems adjusting to civilian life. He had two nervous breakdowns, a suicide attempt, and he was uh, addicted to drug and alcohol as well at one point. Thankfully, he made a recovery. He became a campaigner against various miscarriages of justice in the UK and around the world up until his death. He passed away in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Cracking film. Really good soundtrack as well. I remember the soundtrack on vinyl, which is kind of show my age there. But the thing I'll always associate this film with is uh, going to the, the video store and talking about this with one of the guys behind the counter and kind of looking for recommendation we're mentioning last the mohicans and him saying oh you're a big daniel day lewis fan and i was like what and i'd never put together now in my defense i think i was 11 at the time that they were the same person and then when he told me it was the same person as my left foot I was like the end of the usual suspects with kaiser sousey it was like a big twist i just i'd never like i'd seen those films a million times and never put together this was the same guy and yes i was a stupid kid and, and probably an even more stupid adult Next up we have there is The Snapper, which is recommended by Colin Murphy and Dermot O'Rean. It's the second story in Roddy Doyle's Barrytown trilogy. It's just a beautifully simple story. Like Sharon Corley gets pregnant, won't tell anyone who the father is other than the fact it's a Spanish sailor, and the family are all trying to basically adapt to the new incoming addition. What sets this apart is just the human highlight reel Desi Corley, played by Colin Meany. Just endlessly quotable. I think every line he has in that film is just a cracker and for me i think this film really seeped into irish culture in a way probably no other film that i can think of irish filming has like any girl who's been pregnant after 1993 has had some variation of seven pound 12 ounces small turkey georgie gorgeous some variation that has been said to her during her pregnancy that said there is some real dark elements simmering just on the surface like sharon's essentially raped by a family friend and he takes her panties as a trophy and in the film, that scene's kind of played for a laugh, you know, the, is that you, squeaking the Lion? Whereas the book is kind of a bit more willfully ambivalent, and Sharon doesn't really remember much of the night, she's unsure herself, like if it was consensual or not. Roddy Doyle himself has said he sees Borges' actions were kind of more immoral than illegal, but it's, it's it's up to you to kind of draw your own conclusions. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's been an odd, uh, a difficult one to look at sharon herself she's kind of equally parts flawed and heroically she drinks during the whole pregnancy and then same time she'll eat celery and say "Ah, oh, yeah it's, it's good for the baby and you know kind of looking back at, you know films like the magdalene sisters it's not hard to see like if sharon was uh, born a couple of years ago she would have ended up with one of those kind of non-run laundrettes that unfortunately was the fate of, of many an irish mother and then even when the baby's father is revealed sharon's the One that kind of gets ostracized by the community, not the cheating married man, like she's the one that's getting like torrents of abuse walking down the street. It's again something that unfortunately did go on up until not that long ago. Meany is just fantastic as Desi Corley, like he's you know promising to love the child, even if it looks like Borges' arse. And I of Meany actually got nominated for a Golden Globe. It was like was it, the category was him, Tom Hanks, Johnny Depp, Robin Williams. I think Robin Williams ended up winning for Mrs. Dauphar, but it was just that kind of weird when we were going through this, you know, Hollywood royalty and then all of a sudden Colomini's kind of snuck onto the list there, which, you yeah, know, to fair, but Williams probably deserved it for Mrs. Dow but I wouldn't have been against uh, seeing Desi Corley on the stage there for the Golden Globes. Next one we had there was from a, a Twitter by the name of an Egypt for Obedience. That's a name and a half. Uh called Eat the Peach, which is something I never heard of. Apparently it's set in County Kildare when a Japanese company pulls out of Ireland, a lot of people made redundant and they kind of take inspiration and form their, you know, the, the wall of death. Which, if you haven't, you know, been to a fairground or, or seen that episode of The Simpsons, it's basically a big fishbowl cage where you drive a motorbike all the way around it. And these lads are kind of smuggling goods across the board to finance it and trying to get television coverage. I'd never heard of it, but apparently, it was like, a couple of comments underneath it saying, "Oh, this this was amazing! This like really reignited the Irish scene in the '80s." I was like, well, so "I must check it out now." Let me know if you've seen "Eat the Peach" and is it is it worth checking out? The Next one there, recommended by Brendan Dempsey and Darren Birmingham, well, one of the later films on the list is "On Colleen Kuhn, or "The Quiet Girl," a nine-year-old girl from a basically dysfunctional family. She goes to live with her relatives during the summer, and just a, a whole new world basically is opened up to her. It's one of the most just lovely tender heartbreaking just a great story like it doesn't have a big event there isn't a huge you know moment in the film essentially it's just a really really well told story and i was delighted to see it do as well as it did obviously it got nominated for uh, best international film at the oscars losing to uh, all quiet on the western front but again, I, th- I think everyone's seen it now at this stage it's the most successful irish language film of all time if you haven't it's on apple tv at the moment. It's really, really good. I was very, very surprised, but I I thought it would be one of those, you know, we're we're being nice to it because it's in Irish. Absolutely not. This film isn't a good Irish film. It's just a great film. And definitely, if you haven't seen it, well, well worth checking out. Next one on the list, which way too many people, including Kevin McGarren and Steve Williams recommended, is Rawhead Rex. Now, I'm sure a lot of you haven't heard of it, and God bless you. It's about a US historian. He takes his wife and his son to an Irish town where the devil dwells. It does have a bit of pedigree behind it. Like it's it's written by Clive Barker, who, obviously, Hellraiser. And because this film was so bad, he directed Hellraiser himself because he hated what they'd done to his adaptation so much. Neil Tabin is in this film, and I imagine it's probably the first and only film to feature a priest being baptised by demon urine. It, I, I can't... like Audio doesn't do this justice. Just look at the trailer. If you're on YouTube, just go Rawhead Rex and put it in. And it is just absolutely bonkers. It's something you need to be about fifteen beers deep to enjoy in any way. And the mad thing is, like this, like you think of things like I went down, impossible to get. Rawhead Rex has like a Blu-ray release, and there's talk of a remake as well. So maybe I'm <laughs> I'm in the wrong here, but Rawhead Rex is this kind of unsung classic that I just don't get. But no, to me, it is absolutely that. Um, actually, speaking of Garbosh, Fatal Deviation, as well, which was recommended by Jerome Morphy. I imagine the only martial arts and mead film that's ever been made. Mikey from Boyzone is in it. There's Kung Fu Monks. It's written by James Bennett. And to be honest, I see this as kind of a success story because Bennett was this, you know, he was a fairly accomplished martial artist. And he'd heard there was a Hong Kong company, I think the ones that produced the, the Jackie Chance Please Stories movies, they were interested in him. And could he do an audition? And rather than just send an audition tape, he made this instead because he was such a fan of Van Damme and Seagal. And as a result of this, he's actually worked with Van Damme. He's worked with Seagal. He's actually, by all accounts, great mates with Van Damme. They've done about four or five films together now. He's also done Jersey Boys with Clint Eastwood. uh, Dolph Lundgren, Jackie Chan films he's been in so for all the kind of the, the piss taken abuse he gets like he really done well all this like his goal was you know to make one film or to meet his idols and he ended up working and become a mate with them so you know I, I think james bennett definitely had the last laugh on that one just sticking with some of the the films here. bob doyle recommended grabbers no bob i watched grabbers at home and i still walked out i thought it was absolutely garbage. the taffin which anyone who you know is on twitter you've definitely seen the the pierce brosnan clip well yeah you know, maybe you shouldn't be living here yeah i don't know why i had an english accent on that one because he's irish in it but it's, it's pierce brosnan he lost that and accent long ago this is the warden actually speaking of of bond he was cast as bond remington Steele then said absolutely not you're under contract because all of a sudden he has this buzz because he's you know the guy who's been cast as james bond timothy dalton took over and this was the film he decided to do. So uh, you know, Timothy Dalton was off doing The Living Daylights, he was making Taffin, a film about a Wicklow sports field being sold off and all the evil doers in the background of that bizarre deal. A weird fact of it is, Hans Zimmer does the music for Taffin. So it's got a bit of pedigree to it. Well, Pierce Brosnan and Hans Zimmer aren't the worst person to have in your film. A film that definitely doesn't have any credit is Leap Year. Amy Adams and Matthew Good. It's like the or the American tourist board version of what they think Ireland is. It's just like gypsies and country morons. And Matthew Goode offers her a hang sandwich at one point. And yeah. Now Goode said he, the only reason he took this is so he could go to London at the weekends to see his daughter. And you can kind of see that. Like this is not someone who has is their heart in it at all. Amy Adams was apparently an absolute nightmare during the shoot. Was kind of all these behind-the-scenes stories where she was, you know, a bit of a diva back then. Miss Adams, by all accounts, she seems fairly nice since, but it was a bit of a, a torrent during that film. Like, there's a scene in this film where like a BlackBerry getting plugged in to be charged takes out the electricity of an entire town. The film is set in 2010. So no, just no. Another one for the, the dishonorable mentions, P.S. I love you. Again, accents, issues. Gerard Butler, where in the name of Christ, like, I kind of understand when you're making these films and are like, somebody at some point just to turn around and go, Jerry, you actually just, that's not Irish. I don't know what you're doing, but it's not a real accent. The one that really depresses me just because of its success, Mrs. Brown's Boys, the movie, took a record breaking haul at the box office. I think it was 20% of all tickets sold when it was out, was for that film. And just that this was the most watched program of Christmas as well. So kind of shame on all of you for that. The film now that by far got the most amount of votes. We were surprised actually we'd done this about five or six years ago and it got zero votes at all. So Joey, Stephen Riley, Elon's Tusk, Harry Allen, Emily Barton Henry, Terry Toner, Donna McGrath, Paul McElwee and Brendan Doyle all recommended this film. Intermission. Now, absolutely love this film and Colin Farrell is just absolutely bombastic in this. It's got an unbelievable cast. I'm kind of looking through it now. Like you have Farrell, you have Kelly McDonald, Killian Murphy, Colin Meaney, Shirley Henderson, Deirdre Kane. Shirley Henderson, she's the girl with the moustache. She played Moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter films and she was be a teenager the same age as Harry. She was 37 in that. She just seems ageless. And also anyone who's watching Star Wars or watching The Mandalorian... She's also the voice of uh, of Babu Frick in Star Wars. and Babu Frick. She's just had a, an absolutely bizarre career, but Intermission. I doubt anyone here hasn't seen it, but it again absolutely fantastic. Colomini with the the hardest nails cones thing. You know, oh you want a shot at the title? Oh your shite sounds absolutely just absolute crack. That film is. It's really really good. Crush Proof is the next one recommended by Car mechanic like, This is one of those ones where I watched as a kid about 14,000 times and just never watched it again. It's about a thug he basically gets out of prison and the drug dealer who testified against him, he goes looking for him. Again, that, that's one of these ones, as soon as oh, I must watch that again, cannot get it anywhere. So I've ordered the DVD off Amazon, so... I'll be, I'll be back in to say how good or, or bad that's held up after time. Something which I did watch recently over Christmas, which does hold up, which was recommended by Roisin O'Neill, is War of the Buttons, the 1994 drama. It's actually based on a French novel, I believe. It's about two rival gangs in Ireland, the Ballys, the, the middle class, and you have the Carricks, who are the upper class. A, a weird one, this film almost wasn't released. There was a lawsuit by the parents because there was a, a scene, uh, on the, I think it's on the beach, where they're running, and you can see one of the boys' arses, essentially, and how they had to, to do it was they had a lineup and basically the the mother had to come in and say can you identify your boy by his arse and she couldn't so they're like grand okay it's not enough that we can identify as him so the film can be released which is just the most bizarre reason to be stopped and, and released that i can ever think of at uh, the end of the film still a bit of a debate which one did marry marry let, let me know which one you pick on that side the next film on this is Michael Collins, which was recommended by Andrew Farrell. One of my favourite films, and not just the fact that I, I bought a house in Rat Drum now, which is the setting of the the scene, you know, the will Take My Place, which, I'll be honest, was kind of about 90% of the reason why I bought the house is because I could see that drive pipe that pub and that sign every day. It's the It could have looked very, very different. Like, Kevin Costner was initially the star in it. Then Gabriel Bourne um, replaced him. He dropped out and Liam Neeson was eventually cast. Matt Dillon auditioned for Harry Boland. John Turturro turned down Eamon de Valere. But for me, the, the weirdest thing of all of it, Tom Cruise was offered the role of the assassin that Jonathan rhys Myers plays, because obviously uh, Neil Jordan had worked with him on Interview with the Vampire. There was a scheduling issue, and you know, thankfully I think that, that would have taken you out of seeing Tom Cruise pop up at the end of the film. Historically, I'd say questionable being kind, but pure entertainment absolutely delivers. The cast are brilliant, it's like a real political drama, gangster thriller. I say the cast is brilliant aside from a woefully miscast Julia Roberts, she thinks she's in leap year. Still to this day I would argue the most ambitious Irish film ever made, it's just like a masterclass in scope and scale, it's got fantastic sets and the score is absolutely beautiful as well and it's still one of them that really holds up, I saw it in the cinema um, over Christmas. Really really good, still if it was released today you'd still say absolutely fantastic. Next one on the list there is Angela's Ashes, recommended by Sean Northridge and Siobhan Kennedy. <laughs> Sean actually says he this is the film he recommends to his uh, American family and friends, trying to make it seem like it's, you know, a Tora Laura Irish film now. And then, you know, 10 minutes in, half the kids are dead at tuberculosis. So fair play to you, Sean. Um, this film had a $25 million budget and made, I think, just over 10. So it was a massive, massive bomb. But one of them films that seems to be, again obviously because it's based on a classic book as well it's kind of seeped into the public consciousness as well the little kid in it is michael leg he actually plays little kevin in the stag with the one we we're talking about with peter mcdonald earlier yeah definitely not one if you're feeling anyway sad to watch it is about the most depressing film i've ever seen in my life which to be fair is the most depressing book i think i've ever read in my life as well something which doesn't depress me uh, which was recommended by ham sam cinema and louise o'connor is the field and this is 43% on Rod and Mouse. Critics are idiots. Except me, of course. Richard Harris as the Bull McCabe. He's absolutely ferocious in this. And the film kind of revolves around his struggle to secure the sale from the hands of uh, Tom Berenger, this kind of wealthy American. Um, and the, funny enough, he wasn't actually initially cast. And it was Ray McNally who plays uh, Christy Barron's father in My Left Foot. He died before shooting commenced. And it was offered to Sean Connery marlon brando and richard harris basically lobbied for the role showed up in full costume and in character and just essentially berated the director in character until he got the the role it's just really even now it's just a powerful grim movie and you know he, he harris is just a force in nature in that and it's one of them you can watch that and you're just acting like harris for about two weeks after it. he is absolutely incredible in it the next one on the list there was recommended by Wesley Dolan and Jay Coyle. Actually, Jay Coyle gave, I'll retweet it after this, gave it a list of, a lot of the films are ones that you wouldn't be too familiar with. I'll retweet it. It's really, really good. Definitely worth checking out uh, Jay's list there. Garage was one that was on this. Pat Short. Pat Short's one of these guys that kind of has been tipping away. He's one. He's showing up, I think, in every big Irish film in the background. We've seen Banshees of Inishir last year as well. But he plays this kind of, lonely petrol station caretaker and a new cashier shows up and his life kind of changes when he meets her it's, it's really really good cool. it's directed by Lenny Abrams who done uh, Room and directed I think all the episodes of Normal People as well uh, Marco Hall actually speaking of unsung kind of heroes here Marco Hall he done Adam and Paul he also done a very good film a couple years ago called Rialto with Tom Von Lawler who plays Nige but Gar, I think Gary's is actually on Netflix or it's on the RT player I think as well it's on one of them anyway if you're looking for Gary check that out Pat Short is incredible. Like you think of him things like Killing the Scuddy or, or Dunba Labels. He's a really, really good actor. He does comedy and he does drama really well and I think he's someone who's somewhat underrated I imagine. Like if he was you know, American or slightly more exotic European I think he'd be one of those a far more revered actor than he is. I think we see him we think *Dumb Labels he kind of got typecast in Ireland. But yeah, he is absolutely phenomenal in this and if you haven't seen it definitely, definitely worth checking out. Next one we have here, recommended by Tom Baluba's Luke Kitt, Paddy Lennon, and Jamie T. Fucking tracer, is "Song of the Sea." This is kind of the the re, especially reanimation, but yeah, we'll stick with that. Um in Ireland, we have we used to have Blue Studios that done things like "All Dogs Go to Heaven," which which sadly shut down. Um, but Cartoon Saloon, they've done "Wolf Walkers," they've done "The Secret of Kells," they've also done the uh, "Star Wars Visions." This is absolutely just a beautiful film you have um brendan gleason pat short again popping up uh, as voices in this Uh, brendan gleason plays a lighthouse keeper who loses his wife when she's giving birth the brother and the sister you know can transform into seals and it's them fighting the forces of evil there's a really really dark subject matter but it's done in a kind of playful and at times magical way but it never shies away from that you know, the, the loss and the grief that's you know the overtone and i think it's it's a really great way for children to process these things i thought um uh puss and boots that the last movie i thought that kind of hammered on these teams as well i think that was a, a really really good way of doing it it's not something as brainless as something like the super mario movie i really, really and i imagine like if i'd been a kid watching this this would have been one of my all-time favorites and i'm really really into see what cartoon saloon do next because Everything they've put out, like Secret of Hells, uh, Oscar nominated. Wolf Walker's absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't seen that, check that out as well. They're someone who thankfully seems to be having a, a bit more longevity, and long may that continue. Next one we have here, recommended by Roy Williams, is The Wind That Shakes the Barley, which is a fictional account of two Corp brothers who join the IRA to fight for independence. Um, Killian Murphy and Padraig Delaney play the brothers. But they're, kind of, their beliefs start to tear them apart. And end up on, on opposite sides of the fence on this. And it's directed by an Englishman, Ken Loach. And I like his perspective on it. Because he didn't go the usual route. Which I think had an Irish person directed. It could have fallen into. Where you, you, know, you have a black and white. The good guys versus the bad guys. Um, but you kind of see both men end up. Kind of equally becoming victims of this. It's just a really heartbreaking. Powerful look at the Troubles. And I think it really brilliantly captures all the consequences from every side and i think it was good to have that you know outsider perspective and i think the film is is definitely all the better for it just a couple more to run through here into the west which is you know essentially an irish fairy tale set in Ballymoon. uh you have two kids ozzy and tio who live with their their widowed alcoholic father played by Gabriel, and he's again absolutely fantastic in it and their grandfather brings this this magical horse from the land of eternal U turn And it's just one of them that, you know, if you watched at a certain age, you were you know looking for horses in the field trying to to go off riding Wild West. It's really, really good. And again, one of those ones that's just impossible to find. As soon as I saw that on the list, I was like, oh, I must watch Into the West. So again, another one that I've I've ordered the DVD for now. So hopefully that'll that'll show up soon. I'll be forgetting all these and maybe 15 DVDs showing up to the, the house now after this. Another one I have to mention or I'll be disowned is The Quiet Man which is set in the, the fictional Irish town of Inishfree. It's shot in Cong, County Mayo. My dad, obviously being a huge John Wayne fan, he tricked us one year, taking us on holiday. He's like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to go to Mayo. I was like, all right, fair enough. And I just remember crossing that bridge and that has the sign, welcome to Cong, home of the quiet man. And just my mother absolutely losing the plot. When, you tricked us to go down just because you could walk around the set of a John Wayne film. He's like, no, no, no. Then 10 seconds later, oh, that's where they had the fight and that's where they had this. So it was just basically a tour of the quiet man we got for... For a week and a half. With my mum and dad. Barely having words with each other. Directed by John Ford as well. You know. One of the all time great directors as well. You know. Things like The Searchers. Him and John Wayne. Made some of the best westerns of all time. It's kind of a softer side of Wayne here. Like he, he's a boxer. Who he kills an opponent. In a, in a fight. And he flees America. To come back to Ireland. To, I think To reclaim his, his family farm. He meets his match. And I, the name is just born into my head. Mary Kate Danaher. Played by Maureen O'Hara. And. This is again. This is the film that was referred to. This is the silly Irish story that won't make a penny, and it ended up being nominated for Best Picture. And John Ford got uh, Best Director for this. When you think of some of the films, you know he directed that he didn't win for, The Quiet Man. The one he's winning for is you know it's bit of shades of Scorsese in The Departed. On this, the last one we have to mention here is Banshees of Inishair. And you know our kind of our great Oscar hope for this year, unfortunately, uh, didn't get much. Uh, Barry Keown, really, I was really, for anyone in the film, I really was pulling him for him. I thought he was absolutely sensational in this, and he's one of, I bought stock in a, a long time ago, and I'm, I'm happy to see him. He seems like, well, okay, I had the, the pleasure of interviewing him for Eternals a couple of years ago. Just a really, really sound lad. Same with Colin Farrell, again, Andrew Colin Farrell, just somebody who is has been through that Hollywood machine, and chewed up and spat out, and has come out all the better for it. Brendan Gleeson he's kind of stuck with the kind of the understated role in that film but again he is just an absolute presence i remember seeing him in a play called the walworth farce a couple of years ago it's him and his uh, with donald gleason and um, brian gleason his two sons in it and he just has this presence to him like no matter what's going on your eyes are drawn to him and he's one of those people just looking at yeah no i can see why you are where you are you just have it that you have that that if factor to it and Again, obviously, I'd say if you're listening, to this, no one's not seen Banshees of Innis at this point. But again, really, really good. Martin McDonough just knocking it out of the park again. And I think that pairing of Gleeson and Farrell, which works so well in, in Bruges, I'd love to see them in, in a few other ones as well, like pairing them with McDonough, do like a like bit of genre hopping there, have them in a trailer, in a comedy. You know, Farrell and Gleeson showing back up in Paddington. I'd love that. Any Anything but those two is definitely going to be watchable that's the end of our list there if there's anything i missed let me know thank you so much by the way for the suggestions there's some gems and you have as i've said cost me an absolute fortune buying uh, overpriced dvds on amazon so um maybe keep your suggestions to yourself in future unless i'm able to stream them so thank you so much for listening and it.